When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Wake and Take. Hope you're doing well. I'm going to grab my coffee. This is what Jason does every time. I'm going to grab my coffee. See the, the University of Northern Iowa Panthers, the Mighty Panthers from Northern Iowa. Uh, so that's where, you know, alma mater. So I'm Seth Dewald. I'm the editor at playerprofiler.com. Good morning to all of you. And today, what we're going to do, since we're so close to draft season, I mean, this is a lot of people's draft weekend. I'm going to give you my must-draft players, my must-avoid players. But before we get to that, there is something you need to know about, and it's the draft kit. So if you haven't gotten the draft kit yet, there's still time, and it's only the best draft kit out there. I mean, I, I Matt Babich and I talk about it all the time on the Dynasty Roundtable, but it truly is. I know we're biased, but here's a short message from the Podfather about the draft kit. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 Draft Kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production, both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated areas, and that one dynamic for each team that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, Individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you can take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league. Do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. There's still time. I mean, I'm sure your drafts haven't quite kicked off yet. Maybe they have, but we're getting to that point in the season. So without further ado, I'm going to give you five must-draft players, five must-avoid players uh, from the mind of Seth Dewald. So here we go. I'm going to give you a quarterback, you know, at least one running back, one wide receiver, and a tight end, and then a position of my choosing. So the first quarterback that you're going to want to draft, and I don't really understand why this quarterback is going so late, and some people have 
called me crazy for liking this player. They've called me a homer, but it's Brock Purdy. And I swear, I don't just like him because he's from the great state of Iowa. He didn't, you know, I don't even know if he's from Iowa, to be honest, but he went to Iowa State. And similar to a lot of quarterbacks like Kenny Pickett, um, there's uncertainty with Purdy, I guess, about his injury. And But it looks like he's going to be back for week one. Um, and the sample size isn't great for him. But since week three or since he took over in week 13 from until the time he got injured, he was the quarterback nine overall in total fantasy points. And he looks, like I said, on track to start in week one. And this is an offense with Debo Samuel, with Brandon Ayuk, with George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, this is an offense that you're going to want exposure to. And I really don't understand why Brock Purdy is going so late. I mean, he's routinely being drafted after Jordan Love. I mean, are you kidding me? I don't, there's no evidence whatsoever that we have that Jordan Love is going to be good aside from a few throws in preseason. And I, I just don't understand because not only is there evidence, I know, I know it was about six or seven weeks toward the end of the season, but we also have the endorsement of the coach. I mean, he's being started. I mean, I know Trey Lance did not make the most of his opportunities, but this team would, you would think, have some incentive to give Trey Lance another chance. And they're like, nope, this ain't going to happen. We're going with Brock Purdy. We're going with Mr. Irrelevant, seventh round pick. And Shanahan's called him a machine, like literally a machine in an interview. So I, I think Shanahan loves him. And I think he's just one of these guys that's going to be a solid quarterback for a while. And he's being drafted routinely. I mean, sometimes he's, I mean, depending on the league format that you're in, sometimes he's not even getting drafted. So uh, if you miss out on the elite tier of quarterbacks, I mean, this Purdy can likely be your quarterback too, even. And you could pair him with Daniel Jones and you could get the upside of a top 10 quarterback without paying for it, especially, you know, Daniel Jones too. He's not on my list, but man, oh man, I, I really like Daniel Jones too. You guys know my affinity for David Montgomery, so I'm going to pass, but you definitely need to draft David Montgomery this year for all the reasons that I mentioned. If you want to hear those reasons, you can listen to the Trade God show I did uh, with Tyler Knabley, or you can watch the Dynasty Roundtable. Basically, any episode, I always mention David Montgomery, and I always mention Aaron Rodgers, who may or may not be coming up later in this episode. But the running back I want to talk about is Kenneth Walker. And it's hard to imagine a world where the clear lead running back on a team with potentially the best offense in football, that's the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, they have to at least be in the conversation, right? I mean, I know JSN is dealing with the wrist injury, the surgery, but he'll be back. They have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Geno Smith had a great season last year. It's hard to imagine that the running back that leads this team in touches, which is going to be Kenneth Walker, by the way, is being drafted outside the first four rounds in fantasy drafts. He's routinely falling to the fifth round, but this is the world we're living in. And this downturn in ADP is because the Seahawks drafted a running back named Zach Charbonnet. However, I think fantasy gamers should scoop up the Kenneth Walker value while they can. So there's a few reason, reasons for this. I mean, one is Charbonnet isn't the athlete that Kenneth Walker is. Walker is going to get the touches in this offense, including the passing work, work which he actually showed that he was capable of do, doing last year. I mean, 35 targets. He got 35 targets. It's not nothing. So he proved that he was at least capable in the passing game. 
and he's going to get some targets. He's just not going to be a nothing in the passing game. So what is going to remain true is that Walker is going to also see the majority of the red zone touches. And this is not a stat that you hear anywhere else, but Walker ranked number three amongst running backs in red zone touches and getting the running back on the team that is going to make the most out of those red zone touches in an offense that is going to be in the red zone a ton sounds like a pretty good bet to me. So for all those reasons and more, Zach Charbonnet is not scaring me off. I love, I love, love, love Kenneth Walker this year, especially where he's being drafted. And I, this next player, I might be cheating. I don't know, but uh, we're going to we're gonna head to wide receiver, and I'm going to give you a couple wide receivers. My, I, the player that I really... I really don't get why he's sometimes falling to the second round. This is basically like, I think he should be a first round player and he's routinely falling to the second round. I mean, a DT of Foldy we did a best ball mania draft on the dynasty round table and he got him in the mid second round. I think it was at the fourth pick in the second round is Amon Ross St. Brown. And I'm, I'm not sure why other people don't share my enthusiasm for Amon Ross St. Brown. I mean, some people do, some people don't, I believe he should be drafted in the first round. In fact, you see some of these high stakes leagues and I'm on Ross St. Brown is going in the first round. So that I think that should tell you something, but the truth is that St. Brown plays in an offense that is going to feature him. I mean, there's no doubt about it. And his quarterback is tailor made for him. I mean, Goff is not going to run around. Goff is about as immobile as it gets. And he's going to get protection because got the, the Lions have a top five offensive line, at least top 10. Not that it would matter because St. Brown gets open at an impressive clip. In fact, his route win rate ranked number two amongst qualified receivers last year. So there's no question St. Brown is going to lead this team in targets, and they're likely going to be in shootouts because the NFC North, I don't know if you know, but the Bears defense was not the greatest last year. I know they made improvements to it, but it's still not going to be very good. The Vikings defense, same story. Uh, the Packers should be okay, but this is going to be a division, I believe, that's going to shoot out, and St. Brown is going to be a big part of that with Detroit. At the back end of the first round, um, you know, you can do yourself a favor and draft the receiver, I believe, is going to be mentioned in the same breath as Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Cooper Cup next year. I think Amon Ross St. Brown is going to take that leap into the top half of the first round. We're going to be talking about him next year in that category that we talk about those other wide receivers because because he's going to be featured in this offense and there's you know there's not much competition outside of Jameis Jamison Williams Sam Laporta you know you could say Jameer Gibbs but it's clearly going to be him leading this team in targets so Amon Ross St. Brown is going to absolutely eat this year so I'm going to talk about another wide receiver and then we'll we'll go to we'll go to tight end and that wide receiver my fourth must-draft player is Tyler Lockett. And fantasy gamers are going to want piece of the Seattle offense. I already talked about Kenneth Walker, so I kind of feel like this is cheating. But this is just an offense I want pieces of. They're, they're just offenses this year I want to have my to have exposure to, and, and the Seattle Seahawks are one of them. Lockett's one of those pieces. I mean, last year, Lockett finishes the wide receiver 13 overall and the wide receiver 16 in fantasy points per game. He didn't show any signs of slowing down, even though he turned 30 years old. He's now entering his 31, age 31 season. Lockett's paired with another wide receiver, JSN. But as we know, JSN is going to probably miss a couple weeks with this wrist injury uh, surgery that he had. But even when JSN comes back, I believe there's going to be room for everybody. And Lockett is going to have plenty of weeks 
where he's featured prominently in shootout scenarios against the 49ers, against the Cardinals, you know, against the Rams. I mean, uh, the, the only team in the division really with a really good defense, and that's a really good defense, is the 49ers. But I think the Seahawks have the offensive pieces to make that an interesting game this year. So I think you can write in at least 100 targets again for Lockett. And if he gets that, he's going to be well worth the investment at his current ADP, which is around, it's gone up in recent, uh, in recent week, in the recent um, days, I guess, because of JSN's injury. But he was being drafted around wide receiver 32 on underdog. And on that, at that price, I am all in on Tyler Lockett. And it's going to be hard to imagine a, a world where he doesn't return value on that ADP. So last player on my must draft list, and you can call me a homer. You can do whatever you want to do, uh, but it's Cole Komet. Okay. And, and this tight end, you know, especially if you miss out on the elite tier of tight ends, sometimes players get devalued and I'm not really sure why. And I think you're seeing Cole Komet's ADP rise up a little bit in, in some of the drafts as we get closer to the start of the NFL season, but the bears showed Komet, He's a big part of their future plans. They signed him to a four-year, $50 million extension, and they didn't need to do this before the season, by the way, but they clearly felt it was in their best interest to lock up their young tight end. I mean, last season, Komet ranked as the tight end eight overall and the tight end 16 in fantasy points per game. He only saw 69 targets, but the Bears' offense was a mess for much of the season because if you watch the Bears like me, you understood that their pass protection, their pass blocking offensive line was an absolute mess. Tevin Jenkins, their best offensive lineman, was hurt for much of the season. And for this reason, this is exactly why Fields ran around so much, because that was all they had. I mean, Fields was literally throwing to Dante Pettis, Pettis Equinemius St. Brown, and wait for it, Nikhil Harry, who somebody told me he just got cut from wherever he was last year or this yesterday I, I think i was on with tyler canably and he told me oh yeah Nikhil harry was cut so that's who justin fields was throwing the ball to for a good part of the season with no blocking i mean what do you want them to do what, what do you want the bears to do and i hear all i hear this all the time about oh the pass volume for the bears was really low last year and it's probably going to be low again this year i i think it's probably going to be bottom half in the nfl but it's got nowhere to go but up and Cole Komet should be a prime beneficiary of that. I mean, Justin Fields was a passer in college. He just so happens to have elite mobility as well. So this year, as you all know, the Bears added DJ Moore, and they bolstered the offensive line. So it's going to be better. They draft the, the right tackle, Darnell Wright, in the NFL draft. They signed Nate Davis, the guard from Tennessee. And all this bodes well for Komet, who proved that he could get open last year. Komet ranked number four amongst tight ends and target separation, and he was running down the field. He ranked number 13 in yards per route run. And that's not bad given the fact that Komet is being drafted at his floor. He's being drafted as the tight end 16, and on average pick number 148 in underdog drafts, although that's gone up in recent days. So I think Komet at his value, I mean, he's one of my highest known players on underdog. And I think that his upside People are a little bit little bit jaded because he did get off to a slow start, but his finish to the season was actually pretty good. So those are my must draft players. The comments are rolling in. There's so many so many comments I can't keep up uh, with them. Uh, so yeah, that Jay says shout out to producer Jay. 
that Bears wide receiver group last year was one of the worst of all time. I agree with you. Um, yeah, we have so many people in the chat. We have Jason Alwine. He's so uh, let me fill in uh, with them. Uh, I'm on Ross St. Brown is even better with Jamison Williams comes back from suspension. I just tagged him as a keeper. That's a great pick there. So I'll do my best to throw these uh, comments on the on the screen when they come up. But we have so many people in the chat. I am going to give you one more uh, one more ad, ad read. I mean, it's getting down to the nitty gritty. All right. So I'm going to throw uh, underdog fantasy. I mentioned them. I'm going to throw this uh, informative segment up on the screen, but don't go anywhere because five must avoid players are coming at you right after this. Let's take a moment to talk about underdog fantasy. Now, many of you have already signed up. Thousands have signed up from player profile already over the years. Underdog has supported us since 2020. Much of what you see on player profiler is because of Underdog, because of their support. Get the Underdog app, plug in that promo code UNDERWORLD. I used to play Underdog just for the best ball drafts. I mean, the best ball drafts are amazing. These draft rooms fill so quickly, and you can win life-changing money. You want to take advantage of all the sleepers we talk about on this show? Well, what better place than in an Underdog draft room to do that? And I recommend taking your underdog play to the next level by diving into their NFL pick'ems. It's important to correlate those NFL pick'ems. You can pick both the quarterbacks and the wide receivers to exceed expectations. Correlate them, and you can 5X your payout. Bada-bing, bada-boom. Underdog Fantasy, the promo code is UNDERWORLD. For an instant deposit match up to $100, Underdog is the truest friend of the underworld. Go to Underdog fantasy.com i have been doing way too many drafts staying up way too late doing way too many drafts the little eliminator tournament just dropped i don't know if you've heard about this but it's essentially a guillotine format which is really interesting and so you can go check that out and get up to a hundred dollar deposit match on underdog or underdog.com with the promo code underworld so moving to must avoid players all right you all know we're going to start with quarterback I don't think I need to talk about Aaron Rodgers, right? But I'll, I'll go ahead and talk about Aaron Rodgers. This is, I guess this is a little bonus pick because I think, you know, I put it on the thumbnail. I need to give the people what they want. And that's me bashing Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is not getting any younger. He's entering his age 40 season. He's going to turn 40 in a couple months. All right. He's with a new team. And sure, he has Garrett Wilson. They signed Dalvin Cook, which is bizarre. I don't understand, but whatever. Brees Hall, and he brought the Green Bay Posse with them. I mean, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb, but the the truth is Aaron Rodgers showed significant signs of slowing down last year. I mean, Rodgers finishes the quarterback 21 in fantasy points per game, number 21 in true completion percentage, which factors in how many passes he had to throw away, and he was number 26 in QBR. That's not, that's not great. I mean, Rodgers is also a quarterback that operates very slowly. Last season, Rodgers led the Green Bay offense to the number 31 pace of play in all of football. So this combined with the fact that the Jets have a – the Jets defense is really good. It's one of the NFL's best units. So I think that this is going to limit the fantasy scenarios that we're hoping for, like the opportunity for shootouts. And it's also going to limit the opportunity for Jets skill players. If you And if you like Garrett Wilson, I, I'm concerned because – you know, when you get old, like Aaron Rodgers, you like what's comfortable. I mean, why do you think he brought Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb with them? That's that's comfort, right? Like when you're old, you like sitting in your rocking chair and, and watching Jeopardy or hosting Jeopardy in the case of Aaron Rodgers. So 
I mean, you you go with what you know, and I I really wonder how much chemistry is being developed uh, with Garrett Wilson right now. And I anyway, I it's just bizarre to me. The whole scenario is bizarre. So I, Aaron Rodgers is the the player I'm avoiding, but you all knew that anyway. So there, there's players with more upside that are being drafted later. I named one of them, Brock Purdy, but also Kenny Pickett, who's not sneaky mobile, but he's a Konami code, the the cheapest Konami code quarterback you can draft this year. Um, both of those players I would draft over Aaron Rodgers, and you can easily stack both of those players as well. So, but that's not the quarterback I want to talk about. The quarterback I want to talk about is Derek Carr. So Derek Carr is another one of these quarterbacks that finds himself in a new situation with the Saints, and fantasy gamers should not be fooled, though. Carr has never been a good fantasy quarterback. In fact, his highest finish ever was in 2016 when he finished as the quarterback 13 in fantasy points per game. That's right. Derek Carr has never finished as a top 12 quarterback in fantasy points per game. Let that sink in for a moment because I think some fantasy gamers just assume, oh, yeah, Derek Carr's a starting quarterback. He must be good, right? No, it's not true. Not for fantasy anyway. In fact... You dig even further with this. Over the past five seasons, Carr has finished as the quarterback 29, quarterback 23, quarterback 20, quarterback 16, and quarterback 19 in fantasy points per game. That's the very definition of mediocrity. And now he's playing with the Saints. And while I like Chris Olave, he's not as good as Devontae Adams as a primary target. He's just not. The Saints also beefed up their backfield in the draft and, and, and in free agency by adding Kendry Miller in the draft, Jamal Williams. Uh, and they already have Alvin Kamara, who's only going to be serving a three-game suspension. So this is going to be a run-heavy offense. And Carr is likely going to finish closer to QB20 than he will QB10. So and where he's being drafted right now, there are just better options that are going later with higher upside. So you need to pass on Derek Carr. Um, the, the other player you need to pass on, he's being drafted really high right now. And there's just so many situations where it doesn't work out is Alexander Madison. And you, this might not be a bold avoid pick, but there are some outlets out there that are really touting Alexander Madison right now. And it's hard to find reasons to like Madison other than the fact that he's currently at the top of the Minnesota Vikings depth chart, which he is, that's true. But Madison is not impressive as an athlete. He did score uh, okay in the burst score, 75th percentile burst, but he's way below average uh, with his speed. He ran a 4.67 40-yard dash, and his agility is average, 50th percentile agility, according to playerprofiler.com. He's also not an efficient runner, which is really important if you're a running back. Last season, Madison rushed 74 times and caught 15 passes. So with those opportunities, Madison ranked number 57 in true yards per carry and only had one breakaway run. So the reasons his fan, so his fantasy points per opportunity, I found this fascinating. His fantasy points per opportunity metric ranked number 13 um, amongst running backs with that lack of efficiency. So I was like, what happened? How is this possible? Well, it's because he rushed for six touchdowns on 74 carries. That's not sustainable. Right. And this is an unsustainable rate, especially for a Vikings offense that is going to air the ball out more than ever with Kevin O'Connell. I mean, they they cranked up the passing and the pace of play last year, which is what we want to see from Minnesota. It It's true that Madison's probably going to lead the way unless they sign somebody, which is also a possibility, by the way. So 
Kareem Hunt's still looming out there last time I checked. Now, with my luck, he's probably going to sign while I'm on air and everybody will go crazy in the comments. Or he signed overnight and I just didn't see it. But I'm guessing this is going to be a committee. I mean, I know it's not sexy, but they have Kenny and Wongu, Ty Chandler, and Dwayne McBride, who they took this year in the draft. I just don't I just don't buy the fact that Alexander Madison can be the featured running back in an offense like the, the Vikings. If he is, and if they do give him like 250 carries or whatever and you know 50 targets, then I'll probably be wrong. But I just don't see a world where that happens. So I am avoiding Alexander Madison this year. And I'm also going to avoid Christian Watson. This is a, you know, we're playing the Seth's classic rock hits here. So my third player I'm avoiding is Christian Watson. And this is plain and simple. In, in, in a managed league, there's no way you can draft Christian Watson. Um, if you like stocks, you know, like Wall Street, you're buying Watson at his absolute highest possible value. I don't know how it gets much higher. And, and that value hasn't really come down much throughout the offseason. I mean, Watson's still being routinely drafted in the fourth round i've seen him come down in underdog in the fifth i've seen him draft in the fifth but i've seen him go as high as in the third round and this bump in price is because of a four game stretch that started in week 10 of 2022 and that week 10 game watson finished as the wide receiver three on the week he went on to finish as the wide receiver eight in week 11 the wide receiver 10 in week 12 and the wide receiver eight in week 13 and that four game stretch Watson averaged 24.8 fantasy points per game and scored seven touchdowns on just 26 total targets in those four games from weeks. I mean, that, that's an unsustainable touchdown rate first. The uh, like from and, and from those weeks, he averaged 6.5 targets per game. So it's not like he was getting this insane target share during that week. It was under seven targets per game. The rest of the season, by the way, Watson averaged 3.9 targets per game, not including weeks 10 to 13. So this is 2023's version of Chase Claypool, is that is not a sustainable level of production, especially considering, you know, the quarterback that threw him all those passes is not on the team anymore. He's now a New York Jet, and there isn't much evidence, as I referenced before, that Jordan Love is any good besides a few preseason throws against backups. I mean, throwing the fact that arguably the best players on – the Green Bay offense are the running backs, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon. So my guess is that, you know, Matt LaFleur, who's a San Francisco disciple of Kyle Shanahan, I'd wager that Green Bay increases their number 15 ranked run play percentage with Aaron Rodgers now off the roster. I bet that creeps up to 45, maybe 46% that maybe they're flirting with being top 10 and running plays per game. This is going to limit the opportunities, the targets for a player like Christian Watson. Could Watson have a few boom weeks? Sure, he could. But good luck figuring out when those are going to be in a managed league. And I think he's going to leave you more frustrated than happy, especially in managed. All right. Let's talk about uh, so I just this one really, really, really uh, it's hard. It's hard for me to talk about because I, I was such a big fan of his talent. But I don't really know if there's a world where you can, you know, confidently draft Drake London. And I, I like the talent. Don't get me wrong, but I'm really worried about this offense. And it's not really a full fade for me as London's ADP has fallen to the fifth round. And in the fifth round, I can rationalize it more. But there are players I like considerably better than London in the same range, like Tyler Lockett, Deontay Johnson, who I think are safer. 
Um, so last season, while London did some nice things, he did finish number 79 in target separation, number 46 in route win rate, and number 52 in average depth of target amongst wide receivers. So not only was he not getting open, but he wasn't running deep down the field. Now he did rank number 11 in yards per route run, but his contested catch rate was number 83 amongst wide receivers. And his true catch rate ranked number 78. So that tells me that the targets that he was getting, like I was saying that he was actually catching were short routes down the field. So, um, this is not good considering he will be playing with a young quarterback in his first year as a starter. My guess is Pitts, who's being drafted a few rounds later than London. If you want to make a bet on an Atlanta pass catcher, that's probably the direction I would go. I mean, Kyle Pitts is falling so far, and I, I really don't understand outside. I mean, the same concerns should be there for Drake London, but he's being drafted you know, right next to DJ Moore, right next to Christian Watson, ahead of like Tyler Lockett, ahead of JSN. So I really don't understand Drake London. I think he probably should be late fifth round, early sixth round area. And he's just being drafted a little bit too high uh, for my liking. So uh, we're going to move to tight end. And this is not necessarily because I don't like the player. I mean, I think we get this confused. It's, it's more... Like, I do not like where they're being drafted compared to other players. And so I don't know if I'm going to trigger some people. Maybe I already have. I don't I don't know. But I'm just going to tell you that Darren Waller has steamed up so high in these drafts. And he may not be steamed up as high in your home leagues. I don't know. But Darren Waller is now being drafted ahead of George Kittle. And we need to stop. We need to stop doing that. Okay. And there's several reasons why. One is we need to remember that Waller just missed 13 games over the last two seasons, all right? He's missed 13 games in two seasons. Now he's entering into his age 31 season in an up-and-coming offense with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. That's true. When he's on the field, he's worth the pick. I mean, I guess, but I'm guessing he's probably going to miss a couple games, but there's no way I could justify taking him over George Kittle, because when you look at Kittle and it's true, Kittle gets hurt, too. I'm not saying he doesn't. Kittle has missed some time, but in back to back seasons, Kittle finished at the tight end four and the tight end two in fantasy points per game. And in those same seasons, Waller finished as the tight end six and tight end 10 in fewer games. Kittle is really good at football and he's in an offense that's been established for a long time. Kittle is much safer especially in a managed league where you're just trying to you know typically get into that top six so you can make the playoffs Kittle's just much safer and more established so don't don't overthink it just draft George Kittle let somebody else take Darren Waller ahead of him and and you can thank me later so those are my five must avoid players Darren Waller Drake London Christian Watson Alexander Madison and Derek Carr. And then I threw a bonus in there. Uh, but you all know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers. So it's, it's uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers is uh, a no-go a no for me. Well, uh, that is the show. I thank you so much um, for, watch, for watching um, uh, the show. We have just so many people watching and uh, in the chat. I really appreciate it. Um, 
my my Charbonnet take is awful. He was drafted in the second round for a reason. Okay. Uh, okay. I agree to disagree. Uh, Walker had one of the best college seasons we've ever seen. So, um, anyway, thank you so much for watching. Jay here. Uh, Y'all sleeping on Jaden Reed. I agree with that. I love Jaden Reed. Shout out to Clyde uh, Macasero. He says, I think Dubes is better value. He may be used in wide receiver sweeps more often. I like that take as well. It, basically anybody but Christian Watson in that offense. Uh, I don't mind because they're go they're all going really late. Like Jaden Reed's going really late. If you're a Romeo Dubes fan, Dubs, however you say his name, um, I can get behind it just because the, the draft capital is not going to cost you as much. So anyway, thank you so much for watching, guys. Be good. Uh, sip on that coffee this morning. Go Panthers. Two weeks to the NFL kicks off. I hope you're getting excited because I know I am. It starts all right here in Kansas City with the Detroit Lions and the Chiefs. So I can't wait. Have a great day, everybody. And we'll we'll catch you next time.